Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is the live Christmas Eve edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. So phone lines are open as always. You call in about anything. Otherwise, we go to stuff that we find interesting. Uh, The toll-free number again is 800-259-9231. Big thanks to Matt, uh, the board operator over at the Genesis Communications Network, our syndicate, for coming in on his own volition to come and do the show. Of course, we're paying him handsomely uh, to uh, to be here tonight, but if it wasn't for him, we would not be on the radio waves this evening. So all big thanks go to Matt and, of course, uh, your calls as well as what the po- point of the show is. Last night, Julia, you were not here, but we talked about Snowzilla. Have you heard about this? No. Okay. Snowzilla is a 16-foot tall, and now some people are saying he is 25 feet because there's an update on the story. He's come back. Uh, But last night we told you about a man named Billy Powers in Anchorage, Alaska, who he and his children built this huge snowman on their front lawn, basically. Right. And they have been building this snowman for the last three years, so... It's kind of a tradition for the Powers family to build Snowzilla, and in past years past, Snowzilla has um, a, has acquired attention on an international level with Russian and Japanese news agencies sending out news teams to cover this, uh, with people making it a point. You know how people love to drive around and look at Christmas lights? Well, you might imagine that a lot of people would want to see a 16-foot-tall snowman, so it drove a lot of traffic by the neighborhood, and apparently it was the traffic that began to upset the neighborhood busybodies, who then complained to the city government people, and code enforcers came out and shut down Snowzilla. They threatened uh, Mr. Powers with, oh, you know what they like to do, threatened with fines or whatever. And he apparently at that time did remove Snowzilla. However, the update to the story, and this story, uh, this update printed yesterday, is that Snowzilla is back. The massive creation, this according to CBS 11 News, KTVA.com, the massive creation literally sprung up again overnight. And while no one seems to know who rebuilt 16-foot snow production this time, many folks are questioning during Christmas what the big deal is. These past few years, Snowzilla has quickly become an annual rite during uh, long Alaskan winters, while the city says the frosty man must come down. For now, folks are happy the Christmas spirit continues to live on. Billy, who's the Snowzilla creator, says, I'm calling it magic. Look at the big hat, the silk hat. It's magic in that hat. Move over, uh, Frosty. Snowzilla's back in business. This is feel good. It's Christmas, says Powers. Let's get the, let's see the smiles on the kids. You know I love it. You know those, or you see those little kids here, and their eyes get huge. So, obviously, this man is really into his Snowzilla project. Now, he's not claiming, uh, to be responsible here, but it is on his property, so I'm sure the city is going to, to hold him responsible anyway. I don't think him not claiming responsibility is going to do anything to keep him safe from their violence. And uh, apparently... It's Alaska. I don't understand yeah. what the problem is. It snows all the frickin' time. Isn't it crazy? Well, the problem is, Julia, this is a nuisance. There are too many cars in this neighborhood we need to complain to the city because there are too many people driving down our street. 
that's what I mean. That's what the problem is. The the neighborhood busybodies who have nothing better to do than to hover outside their window all day or inside uh, their house at their window watching what their uh, neighbors do. That's what the problem is. They're the problem, and of course the city's the problem for for being a, a a tool of violence that allows these neighborhood busybodies to leverage their viewpoint over their neighbors like Mr. Powers. Well, according to uh, John Sheridan, a neighbor of Powers, he says it's been such a gift to the neighborhood kids, and the Powers family has worked hard on it. While the cheer- cheerful creation stay may only be temporary due to the city's cease and desist order to halt construction, locals are fighting now to keep the snowman a go. But according to officials, Snowzilla has been causing problems for years, affecting residents who have to deal with extra people at all hours of the night. Mr. Powers, can is, you see a snowman at night? Can well, maybe it's lit up. I mean, it's Christmas light season. They probably have. Uh, let, I mean, let's imagine you can. Let's imagine that they have spotlights pointing at the snowman. So yes, you can see the 16 foot tall snowman. So. Uh, so the people are upset, and the city manager has stepped to their defense. Mike Abbott says, Mr. Powers has chosen one of the places it can't be done. I know he believes this is some kind of holiday spirit. I think he's doing this to get back at his neighbors. He knows this makes their life harder. He does it anyway. I'm not sure what the holiday spirit is in that. <laughs> so... So bitter. They're so awful, these people. They're so awful. And they try to position themselves, these city people, they try to position themselves as heroes. They try to position themselves as, well, we're doing our job here. We've got to enforce these ordinances. Uh, We can't have uh, traffic in the streets. But what about the houses that go so elaborate with their Christmas decorations? Surely you've seen them. I mean, the, the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of lights the elaborate uh, decorations, oh, the, yeah. what the about manger those scenes. Blow up those disgusting blow up <laughs> snow globes, which, by the way, those if are anyone so has, cheesy. yeah, those are the tackiest thing I've ever seen ever. But whatever. It's your yard. You should be able to put what sort of tacky things, whether it's uh, a snow gnome or whether it's something, uh, a snowman or, or lights, whatever it is you want to put there, you should be able to put there. And in fact, in most places, a lot of places they have contests. I mean, I mean, whether they're official or not, they they have sort of unofficial contests with one another. Neighbors competing with neighbors to see who can outdo the other on who can have the most elaborate Christmas time display. And it's common, common to have these elaborate displays attracting people. To have newspaper articles written about this. To have the local television station come down and do a report on the ten best. Lighting displays in the entire time, uh, town, and you know that drives traffic. I've been trying to. I've back down in uh, Sarasota, where I come from. There, it's a big place. I mean, it's relatively large. It's much larger than than here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some places where there are very elaborate uh, lighting decorations, and there's only a two lane road going to it. And if you're on that road, you're sitting and waiting. If you live on that road, yeah. It's going to be an inconvenience for you. But I never heard of anybody getting in trouble for having elaborate decorations up. 
And that's what the snowman is. He's just another yeah, elaborate I, Christmas decoration. I find it kind of inconvenient when I go to the mall or something and, and there's a bunch of people milling about getting Christmas gifts. But uh, <laughs> You don't complain. No. You, you either, I mean, if you don't I like stay it. stay home. Right. Or get over it. And apparently these people just can't get over it. So as Snowzilla remains, is so does the fight to keep it standing. According to Mr. Powers, man that owns the property, he says... If I were the city, I wouldn't fight this. You know what I mean? Anyone that fights this has got to be a serious bah humbug. If you want to be a Grinch, then okay. But why? As the snowball fight has put the famed Snowzilla in the center of controversy, the battle over the city land codes is putting the traditional community booster site in jeopardy. It's the spectacles and flagrant crowds that Snowzilla has attracted, which has city enforcers ordering its removal. City enforcer Abbott says... You got people driving around, pulling out their cars, radios blaring, talking on their phones, taking pictures, drinking. Drinking? Can this guy make this sound? Uh, he is just pulling whatever he can out of his butt drinking? to make this sound like it's some sort of... Are they driving around with brewskis? Right, some sort of chaotic episode that's somehow unusual... Talking on their phones, well, people do that all the time, as they're driving everywhere. Radio's blaring, people do that all the time, everywhere too. Pulling out of their cars, okay, so somebody's pulled over to take a photo. So? I mean, can you believe this is going on? This is government to the absolute absurd, and it's not unusual what they're doing here. It's just that Mr. Powers happens to be... The current target. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the Sickle CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. Live Christmas Eve edition of the program. We're going to be live tonight and tomorrow night as well. No nights off this week for Free Talk Live. We just it's not like taking time off on this program. I believe you should have live programming as often as possible. And so when we say we're on Monday through Saturday... All year round, as many holidays as possible. We're serious about it. Uh, we'll also be live on New Year's Eve as well. So uh, the number here, uh, 800-259-9231. And our website is freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of archives. In fact, an entire year's worth of archives waiting there for you for free. Freetalklive.com. In addition to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bureaucrash Social. Now, Bureaucrash.com is a great website uh, that will help you fight statism in all its forms, but they've opened up a new site, uh, which is Bureaucrash Social, which is a great way for you, if you love liberty, to connect with freedom fighters from around the world. At Bureaucrash Social, you can share your ideas, obtain resources, and document your activism, as well as find awesome videos and pictures uploaded by other crashers. Go to Bureaucrash.com to learn more. That's Bureaucrash. Dot com. And actually, I've got a story coming up here that makes me wonder if there aren't some bureaucrashers uh, active down in the Arizona region. We'll talk about what some Santas did uh, recently, which I think a lot of people are going to like. But first, we've got to finish the story about Snowzilla. Uh, Snowzilla has returned. We told you yesterday that Snowzilla had been ordered removed by the city government people in Anchorage. 
and the city government people are saying that this 16 foot snow, uh, tall elaborate snowman is a nuisance and a public safety hazard because <laughs> uh, because apparently so many people come by the snowman uh, they drive by they get out of their cars and uh, no, no, this is uh, here's what the city manager says. They you got people driving around, pulling out their cars, radios blaring, talking on their phones, taking pictures. They're drinking, uh, so they're very, very upset in Anchorage over this snowman. The guy had taken it down. Mr. Uh, Billy Powers had removed it, and then mysteriously it came back. Now it was interesting because. Yesterday, the very last paragraph of the story that I read, I actually didn't get to read on the air, and Powers had commented in yesterday's story that if he was to go and build the snowman again, he could face arrest. So based on what the the city's order, you know, their cease and desist order that they sent to him, based on his interpretation of that order, he's facing going to jail over disobeying their order to remove the snowman. So that's probably why he's saying, well, I don't know how he came back, but now he's back. Well, he's back on Mr. Powers' property, and the city is uh, it definitely has but, a... Yeah, they don't really have a sense of humor when it comes to stuff like that. No, they, they don't have a sense of humor. They don't have a sense of... They want people to believe they have a Christmas spirit, right? They want people to believe that they care about this stuff. That's why they put up their own Christmas lights, and they have a city Christmas tree. And I'm just... I'm imagining what most... This is what most... Most cities do. They have their Christmas tree and they light it. And, well, it's okay if the city puts up a hundred-foot-tall tree. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but uh, the trees I remember were just huge uh, down in in Florida. We have one in the middle of Keene, and it's big. It's a big and tree. It has big. ugly light, tacky lights right. on it. So it's not like uh, it's not like this a tiny little tree that's just inside the city's yeah. hall. You know, city hall building. This and is a monster tree. People gather, and there's pictures. Right. People pulling out of their cars. and Yeah. So the city says Snowzilla is a public nuisance in a residential neighborhood. Oh, see, Julia, the city's uh, tree is zoned correctly. (laughs) See, so that's okay. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. This is a city bureaucrat again, uh, the head code enforcer. Mr. Powers has chosen to operate in a residential neighborhood. He knows it's a violation, and he does it anyway. Boy, what a scofflaw. If everybody acted like Mr. Powers, it'd be chaos. Oh, God, it's a, the city's here keeping us. They're, the, they're the, just the little thin blue line of protection keeping us safe from these chaotic people like... Billy Powers are just going to go all around willy-nilly and hang up lights and then there's snowmen being built without permits. What kind of country is this? City says Snowzilla's a nuisance. Officials say Snowzilla's takedown has nothing. It's got nothing to do with the holiday spirit and everything to do with following the rules and respecting your fellow neighbors. So it's disrespectful. To build a big snowman. But what about all the people with the lights? Officials, uh, they say, this again, uh, city manager Abbott says, oh, I think part of why he's doing this is, frankly, is because he knows this pisses off his neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it has nothing to do with, oh, I don't know, giving his kids something fun to do and giving something, giving something uh, for his neighbors to enjoy that actually appreciate because not all of them hate this. There's only some of them that don't like the snowman. And in this world, and where one the of gov- them's probably on the planning board. Yeah, well, that was the case here in Keene uh, when they attacked me for for my tenants having a couch in their yard. But 
yeah, there's a good chance these complaining people are part of the city. I mean, it seems like the uppity, um, whiny types would be more likely to work for the city. And the city has a a bit of a bone to pick with Powers in addition to this. They say that he's violated city land codes for 13 years and owes more than $100,000 in fines due to junk and trash on his property. Well, there's the answer right there, then. He he pissed them off somewhere along the line so they don't like Mm -hmm. his snowman. 13 years owes more than $100,000. Now, that doesn't mean he owes $100,000 because he's uh, under some sort of an agreement with the city and has violated some rules and legitimately owes this. They fined him $100,000 for various different ordinance violations over the years. This surprises me in in Anchorage, Alaska. Surprises you that, what, they haven't taken his house? That's that's the only thing that surprises me about this story. It's Alaska! Yeah, well, they still There's have officious bureaucrats there. in Alaska. There's nothing there. Wherever it, you have population, and Anchorage has population, wherever you have people to be extracted from, to have their wealth extracted from them, you will always have people who are who intend to do so. You'll always have the the power freaks around taking people's money from them and making ab- absurd, arbitrary rules for them to follow. Every case, even in the middle of BF nowhere, they'll show up. Which is why I think that having a base of activists to counter these thugs is the only way they're ever going to change. If they change, and if they just go away, that's good enough. I mean, I'd like to see them change. That'd be great for them to come to the understanding that what they're doing is aggressing against their neighbors and being violent. I'd love for them to come to that conclusion, uh, reach that point, and then become good people after that. Because they like to believe they're good people now, but they're not. When, you, when you're threatening a man with arrest because he built a big snowman in his front yard, you're not doing anything of the sort that's uh, in any way good. So what's most amazing to me is that the guy apparently has $100,000 in fines built up, which probably exists as a lien on his house at this point, and I'm shocked they haven't done a tax sale if it's been 13 years. City officials say they've been patient in working with Powers to come up with a solution for a location with Snowzilla that's outside of a residential area. And apparently there is a website that has launched, I believe it is snowzilla.org if you want to get behind <laughs> this guy, uh, to uh, to help him out. So he's looking at arrest here. He's looking at maybe even worse. Maybe they'll steal his house eventually. I don't know. Maybe Anchorage can't do tax sales, which would be really cool. But then again, every time a, a city government... Every time the city government is dealing with somebody like this, and apparently he does live in a residential area, so it's much more visible for them to attack him and throw him out of his home. I want to come back and talk briefly about the idea of what can happen when you supposedly owe $100,000 to a city. And take your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. Talk Live. It is the live Christmas Eve edition of the program. Toll-free numbers are available as always at 1-800-259-9231. 
That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just head on over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. That again is shrine.freetalklive.com. And want to invite you to the Liberty Forum, the New Hampshire Free State Project Liberty Forum. It's happening early March, March 5th through the 8th. There are going to be a, a whole bunch of speakers there. I would say probably a couple dozen speakers at this point. They, it looks like they've got about 20 or so lined up. Various different liber- liberty-oriented luminaries, uh, hundreds of liberty activists all gathering together at the same place. Wonderful social networking opportunities. Great time to uh, to learn a thing or two as well from some expert types. Uh, and just have a good time. After-hours parties, the whole shebang. It's a great convention atmosphere. A lot of people hanging out. Good time for everybody. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live from the event. So join us for the Free State Project Liberty Forum. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get involved, learn more about it, and get signed up. Get the early bird discount while you still can, and use our discount code anytime for 10% off, which is 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. Save yourself 10% on the 2009 Liberty Forum. freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We are talking about Snowzilla. And he is a 16-foot snowman. Snowzilla.org is a place you can go to support the man who is behind Snowzilla, Billy Powers, who is apparently, I would call him a hero. Uh, I'm sure a lot of his na- or some of his neighbors would call him an annoyance because apparently he has been running a junkyard. So what some people claim is a junkyard. Uh, city officials say he's violated city land codes for 13 years, owes more than $100,000 in fines due to junk and trash on his property. City officials, uh, they say they've been patient working with Powers, and they have, apparently have not yet stolen his house from him, which I find absolutely amazing, because at least around here and pretty much everywhere that I've ever heard of, they have what's called tax sale process. And... My understanding of this process is as follows, and if I'm, you think I'm wrong about this, please call to correct, uh, correct me. And if you know of anywhere that absolutely doesn't have tax sales, I'd love to hear about that too. Uh, but the way I understand it is the city believes that when they say you owe them something, that you owe them something. They're, apparently they have magical powers, um, and they can, they can create contracts from thin air with your signature on it uh, that binds you to some sort of obligation. To this. Of course, they'll never show you uh, the contract with your signature on it. Really what they have is men with guns who are willing to hurt you and destroy your life uh, if you don't obey them. So they believe that if they decide that you owe them something, that you owe it to them. And so they've decided that Mr. Powers in Anchorage owes them $100,000. And so Powers' house might be worth, okay, let's say $200,000. So he owes half the value of his house. Well, after a certain amount of years has gone by with Powers not doing anything to, to pay towards the amount owed, the city can usually make a move to, to essentially uh, steal the house to claim legal ownership over the house. I mean, they're the people that are running the records office, right? They're the people that are doing the behind-the-scenes bureau stuff for the titles and the deeds and all of that. So all they have to do is just reach into your file and scratch out your name and write on the city of Anchorage or the city of fill-in-the-blank, whatever city you live in. Yeah, 
And so they have the legal power to steal someone's property from them. And so so what happens is the, the city takes the property to what they call a tax sale. It's publicly announced, from what I understand, so I don't know if that means they have to print something in the newspaper or just post it down at City Hall, but they, they have to let the public know that there would be will be a tax sale, uh, which is essentially, a, I believe it operates kind of like an auction. So what they'll do is they'll bring this property up in front of a, a group of willing buyers, and usually the buyers have to be pre-qualified or something like that. That way no riffraff, you know, no l- activists could come in there and, and mess with their little process. So they essentially pre-qualify you uh, before you can even go into the tax sale. Then they say, all right, well, we're going to bid here on the house of Mr. Uh, Powers here at, in uh, in Anchorage. We're, uh, today we have this house here. Uh, Mr. Powers owes $100,000 in fines. And so whoever it is that offers more than $100,000, whoever offers the most, will get the house. So this is a great way for bargain hunters in the housing market to go in and use the power of the theft of the city to literally get a hell of a deal on some property. So they can go in there, and on your $200,000 home, if you owe $17,000 to the city and the city is tax-sailing it, then somebody could go in and buy that for 20000 bucks. presuming there's nobody else there that wants to bid it up. So they just walk right in and say, oh, I'll take that $100,000. Sure, cut your check here. Write that check out. Go give it to the city. city puts your name, if you're the check-writing person. The city then puts your name on the property. And then what the interesting, the interesting thing is... It's not that interesting, but an an, uh, intriguing note is that the city claims that it'll pay you the difference. Isn't that nice of them? Wow! So if you so if you owe a hundred thousand and they they collect a hundred and five thousand, you'll get a check for five thousand dollars as the cops come and kick you out of your home. Because that's what's also going to come is some sort of letter, most likely after the tax sale process has completed. uh, The city's going to send you a threatening letter saying that. Well, you don't own your house anymore. That's and, nice. Yeah, and you have by this date to leave or else. So I think we all know what happens with the or else. If you don't leave, then they send men with guns around to say, excuse me, ma'am, you don't I'm gonna own this. I'm going to have to ask yep. you kindly to leave. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask you to leave here. You've been ordered out. I'm going to have to go I'm now. I'm just doing my job. That's right. I know it's the middle of the wintertime. It's cold out. You've got a family. You don't have anywhere to go. I'm sorry about that, but... You know, I just got to do what I got to do. You know, I wonder, because here in New Hampshire, there's a state law that says that you can't kick um, anybody out of their home, like renters out of their home during uh, the winter I, months. Yeah, but there's an exception. I wonder if there is, like, government cannot kick you out of their your home Doubtful. during those winter months, or if they just kick people out if they feel like taking their home. Yeah, I, I doubt there would be such a thing. Um, they don't follow or, their own rules? I think that, I think, <laughs> obviously they don't. Uh but I think what's going on here is that they haven't – I'm speculating here. Now, I mean, if somebody is in Anchorage and knows for a fact that they can't tax sale a house there, please let me know. But I've never heard of a place where you can't. I'm sure that – I imagine it must exist, some sort of municipality that cannot do a tax sale. Uh, but this guy allegedly owes the city $100,000 in fines. So the only speculation I have as to why they haven't gone and stolen his house from him is because, you know, the guy's got a family. He's got kids. And the city, as violent and as thuggish as it can be, as the people calling themselves the city can be, doesn't want to be seen as too much of a Grinch. 
So they'll threaten Powers with arrest. They'll put him in jail. But taking his kids out and throwing them on the street? Hmm. How about we take the kids into our custody? And- <laughs> yeah, they haven't done that yet either. Well, maybe that's just because one of the neighbors hasn't complained about that yet. Maybe that's what... Don't give them any ideas, Julia, but what they might want to do, or maybe I should give them ideas, but what they might want to do if they really want to go after Powers is to say they heard him beating his kids, right? Because then the cops will come in and just steal his kids from him. Then they could steal his house. Yeah, then they do an investigation, right? And who knows what the investigation will turn up. Yeah, I mean, how do you defend yourself in a case like that? The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. So as more develops with the Snowzilla situation, uh, we will bring it to you here. There is a slight update that doesn't actually relate to Anchorage, but more to our uh, lovely New Hampshire with the activist community here. Uh, when one Varen Swearingen, the president of the Free State Project and a really nice guy who happens to live in Keene, uh, discovered this story, he immediately came up with the idea of duplicating it. That is creating a snowzilla here in Keene, New Hampshire. Really? And yeah, I thought it was a pretty neat idea. Um, well, he's got kids they can help. And Indeed, he has volunteered his yard for the snowzilla. Uh, and, wow. And to, uh, in addition to all of that, Varen happens to have a front yard right across the street from the government high school in town. Nice. So <laughs> it's definitely going to get some attention. And uh, you can go over to uh, the nhfree.com's fo- uh, .com forum to see some of the planning that's going on here for the keen version of Snowzilla. We'll see if the city code enforcers have a problem with it. Of course, it took them three years to have a problem with it in Anchorage, so more is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Christmas Day edition. Uh, excuse me, Christmas, Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. That's the 24th, 25th is Christmas Day. So we'll be live on Christmas Day, but that's not today. Uh, today's Christmas Eve. 800-259-9231. Phone lines are open as always. You can call in about what you want and bring up anything. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. And If you like this show and you're feeling charitable... And you want to help us out? Oh, I guess it's technically it's not a charity because charity you have to help poor people, I believe, or people that are in distress. We're not exactly poor. We're doing all right here. But we could use your help. Uh, we could use your help in marketing, advertising, promoting the show. AMP uh, is what uh, – well, uh, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And what we do is we take 3 bucks a month from our listeners that have volunteered it, and we reinvest that money into the show, getting on more radio stations, bringing new Internet listeners on board, and helping spread the message of freedom as far and as wide as possible. And if, as an amplifier, you'll get AMPs or you'll get AMP perks where you can access things like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Uh, all the details are over at amp.freetalklive.com. So take a look, get signed up, and it it would be much appreciated if you would do that. We've got, uh, I think, about 600 listeners now that have become Free Talk Live amplifiers, which is totaling around $4,000 a month coming in to get this show out there to more radio stations. And, uh, of course, we've got some pretty exciting things coming up in the the upcoming years that AMP is going to allow us to do once we get to certain uh, dollar amounts, like launch uh, satellite channels in uh, places like Australia and Europe and uh, other places. I mean, I'd like to do around the world, but obviously English-speaking places will will get priority. Uh, But there's details on that also over at amp.freetalklive.com. So we can do a lot. Uh, with that money, besides just getting on regular AMs and FMs in the United States, we can really take the uh, the message of freedom worldwide, beyond the Internet, uh, to places the Internet doesn't even reach. 1-800-259-9231. By the way, did a little digging here. 
Uh, we've been talking about Snowzilla pretty much all hour, actually. Uh, Anchorage, Alaska is where it's going on, where one man has built with his kids, I believe his, his I think he's got three children, they helped him with this, uh, building a 16-foot snowman in his yard. That takes work. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I've, I've never done a snowman Im- before. But. I've built a regular snowman. I can't even imagine how one would build a 16-foot snowman. Yeah, I guess you'd have to have some shovels and move a lot of snow around. And so that's what he did. And now the city is coming after him for it. They're threatening him with arrest. He's already got $100,000 in fines on his house for allegedly running a junkyard. And clearly not all of his neighbors care. A lot of his neighbors are saying this guy is uh, neighborly and he is he they like the snowman but apparently there are at least you know there's at least one grumpy neighbor somewhere on the street that has a problem with the fact that there's some extra traffic that comes around to see the snowman during the season they've complained to the city people and the city people are coming down hard on this guy and of course I I guess I should ask does anybody support what the city's doing I was speculating last segment as to why they haven't gone after this guy. I mean, the city claims until now, I mean, on the snowman, it's taken them three years to go after him. But on the $100,000 that he apparently owes for running a junkyard without the correct permits and and that stuff, on that that $100,000, they've not done anything for 13 years. And I found myself wondering, well, well, why haven't they done a tax sale on this guy? I'm, certainly Anchorage has tax sales, right? I looked into it, and according to uh, one, according to a website here, uh, the, the Borough County, Anchorage Borough County, is if they're unable to collect real estate property taxes, they're also unable to provide important government services like police protection, public schooling. Is the uh, obviously the propaganda here? Unpaid property taxes create a serious cash flow problem for the Bureau, Borough County in Alaska. Anchorage Borough County. Property taxes that are delinquent are added to any previously uncollected taxes on a parcel of Anchorage Borough County. Parcels whose taxes are subject to sale will be advertised in a newspaper of general circulation. The parcels are listed by sequence number, blah, blah, blah. The list appears three to six weeks before the county tax sale auction and is also posted on the Internet. To solve the problem, they allow investors to pay off these taxes. In exchange, the investor receives the Anchorage Borough County Alaska lien for taxes, and a tax lien is simply a claim for delinquent taxes. Hmm. So the investor receives the county Alaska lien, which means that the investor then has a lien on the house. So to those of you out there that know more about real estate, I don't really know much about it. I've bought a couple of houses in my life. But that's all I really have experience with. I don't have any experience in investing things like that. Uh, if you know what, what, what can somebody who gets a lien on somebody else's house do? So somebody goes and they acquire the tax lien on this man's house, uh, Mr. Powers, in Anchorage. What can they do with that? Can they immediately move to, uh, to close on that house to essentially confiscate the house? In payment of the the lien and what's owed, what what most city governments would normally do, I I was under the impression they just handed over the title to the house or the deed to the house. So what do you know? Can you uh, enlighten me here? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Let's go unscreened to the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. This is the Christian Anarchist. Hey, Gene. Um, number one, I wanted to say. Uh, uh, well, first, Merry Christmas to everybody. Well, thank you, and, and happy holidays to you, Gene. And uh, I used to live in Fairbanks, so uh, 
we used to have uh, what I would call the freedom to own junk in Fairbanks because I knew people had junk everywhere. So and and what was maybe, happening to uh, property values there? Were they going down or up? Well, property values in Anchorage in Fairbanks were never very high anyway. I it was see. always pretty cheap. Hmm. So I don't think it could do much to it. <laughs> Interesting. So what so, do you know? What do you do? You know anything about tax sales while I've got you here? Do you know anything about nothing about, about that? tax sales in okay. Alaska? No. Well, what 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 else was on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to talk to you about yesterday's conversation. I tried to call in last night, but I couldn't get through because your Bummer. phones were hot. Well, that's a good that's a good problem to have. So what? You've got yep. plenty of time tonight. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I wanted to talk about how can somebody be so stupid? Any thinking person be so stupid as to believe that the Earth is less than a bazillion years old? Specifically, well, 6,000 years, uh, Gene, in the face well, of carbon-14 dating and other scientific well, uh, ways to actually uh, to, to find out, to discern uh, what an uh, item's length of uh, existence has been. Well, I can tell you how people can believe that, because believe it or not, there are PhDs who believe that the Earth is not really 6,000, but mostly, you know, most Bible scholars the 6,000 figure is kind of questionable. It could be anywhere from 6 to 12, I think most people. <laughs> That's still a drop in the bucket compared to it's, what it's the science says. So let me explain to you how you can uh, believe that and be a, a physics professor, for instance. Okay, please, go ahead. Num- okay, let me explain how radio dating works. The way radio dating works, and carbon-14, by the way, is only good to about something under 10,000 years. It's just the, the limitations of the... Uh, of the technique, so uh, you can't carbon date something and get a two million dollar, two million year figure. Is it not not possible? There's no way. But okay, I'll take your word for it. Carbon dating is fairly accurate because you actually have a control to go by. In other words, you have an object that you know came from a certain per point in history, and then you can check the rela- the ratios of the two uh, isotopes within that object and using projecting the decay rate out decay rate out you get uh, a known factor so that you can you can go by according now, to wikipedia it's 60,000 years carbon dating is accurate up to okay that's fine uh, i don't know the exact figure but i know it's limited it doesn't go back in millions of years so the problem with any of the long term dating systems and carbon 14 as as well all of these dating systems is you make assumptions and this is where you can go wrong, because the assumptions that are made are two things. You can, you can detect the ratio of two isotopes in a rock today. In other words, today, you know what the ratio of the two isotopes are. We can measure it. And we can, there's no argument about the ratios of the two isotopes. The, okay. different, the problem comes with two assumptions that are made with that rock. Number one, you assume that you know the ratios when the rock was formed. So you have to assume that the ratios used to be X to X or X to Y when this rock was formed. Now, the second assumption that you make in any kind of radio dating is you assume that you know the decay rate from uh, uh, isotope 1 to isotope 2. You have to know what that rate is, and you're assuming that the rate is constant over time. So that's actually a third assumption. But uh, at any rate, they both have to do with the rate of decay. You assume okay. that you know the correct rate of decay. Now, so, we can certainly measure what today's rate of decay is. you got 20 seconds, Gene. But we also know that rates of decay 
vary under uh, different circumstances. And we also know that... So uh, you're saying there's a disagreement within the scientific community over how long the Earth has been around, basically. And, and it sounds like, you've, mean, uh, sounds like you're pretty knowledgeable on this, and I appreciate the, uh, the input. Thank you. And 800-259-9231 is the number. Obviously, I'm no scientist, and I, it's not my hobby, so I can't really speak to that. Hopefully some of our more scientific listeners will call in to uh, counter what Gene has to say if they feel like it. That's what this show's about. Your calls. Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Christmas Eve edition of the program. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So we managed to get through the entire, almost the entire first hour of the show without anybody rehashing the, I guess, conversation from last night, which focused on the existence of, uh, you know, some supreme being and uh, the length, the earth, the length of time the earth has been around. But Gene, the Christian anarchist, just had to call in and start it again, which is fine. Because you can call about anything tonight here. And so Gene was claiming last hour that carbon uh, dating doesn't go back far enough and there's all kinds of uh, presumptions. And so therefore, in his mind, the Earth's 12,000 years old, while other scientists, and by the way, Gene isn't a scientist, but scientists uh, clearly believe that the Earth is much older. Uh, well, let's go to Rich in North Car- Carolina. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, howdy. Hey, Rich. Well, listen, I, I don't trust carbon dating either. Well, apparently there are a lot of other kinds of dating. Yeah. Well, I, I understand that uh, freshly killed animals have been carbon dated at tens of thousands of years old and, and that different bones of the same animal have uh, have been carbon dated with a huge uh, range of discrepancy. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I've heard similar claims. I don't know how true they are, but I do know that there are a lot of different types of more modern uh, radiometric dating out there. I, you know, obviously not being a, a science geek, I was not aware of these until tonight. But according to Wikipedia, there are several uh, more modern versions of uh, radiometric dating that aren't necess- that don't necessarily involve carbon fourteen. Yeah. You know, one of the most amusing things is that. The date, the the age of fossils is determined by the age of the so-called sedimentary rock that they're found in, and the age of sedimentary rock is determined by the age of the fossils that are found in them. Okay, and what's that? What does that mean? Well, it's a, it's, it's a tautology. So is that why they do testing on meteorites? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it has anything to do with meteorites. I'm just telling you that. That if you look in the encyclopedia, they'll tell you that the age of the sedimentary rock is determined by the age of the fossils found in them, and the age of the fossils is determined by the uh, age of the sedimentary rock in which they're found. Right. So you're saying that that means that anything that they uh, conclusions they they draw from that are not complete. Yeah, there, it's, it's what they want you know, It's what they want to believe. I think. Gotcha. And I, I just I just don't trust it. 
All right. Uh, thank you for the call tonight, Rich. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. So two calls coming from the religious viewpoint. Uh, still nobody on the science side. I'm getting a few instant messages, but that's not good enough, guys. you got to pick up the phone, call in to, uh, to be heard on this. I, I'd lo- I wish someone would call in because this is really an area where I don't know that much about. I, well, I just, science isn't really my thing. Wiki knows more than I do, and uh, the wiki says that modern geologists and geophysicists consider the age of the Earth to be around 4.55 billion years and they say that uh, the age has been determined by radiometric age dating of meteorite material and is consistent with the ages of the oldest known terrestrial and lunar samples. Yeah, according to the story here, it says that the accepted age of Earth of 4.55 billion years was determined by C.C. Patterson using uranium-lead isotope dating on several meteorites, including the Canyon Diablo meteorite. Uh, and the quoted age of Earth is derived in part from the Canyon Diablo meteorite for several important reasons and is built on a modern understanding of cosmochemistry built up over decades of research. Most geological samples from the Earth are unable to give a direct date of the formation of Earth from the solar uh, nebula because Earth has undergone differentiation into the core, mantle, and crust, and this has then undergone a long history of mixing and unmixing of these sample reservoirs by things like plate tectonics, weathering, and hydrothermal circulation. So essentially saying that if you were to go necessarily, this is my understanding, and I'm a layman, but um, my understanding of that is that basically since the Earth had changed so darn much that you can't take something that's directly from the Earth necessarily and say, well, this is how old the Earth is. So you have to go outside of the Earth, which is why apparently they are using things like meteorites. All of these processes may adversely affect isotomic dating mechanisms because the sample can't always be assumed to have remained as a closed system by which it is meant that either the parent or daughter nuclide or intermediate daughter nuclide may have partially removed from the sample, which will skew the resulting isotopic date. I'm completely lost at this point. But why was the Canyon Diablo meteorite used? Well, according to Wikipedia, it was used because it's a very large representative of a particularly rare type of meteorite which contains sulfide minerals and a few other things. It's important because the presence of these certain mineral phases allows investigation of isotopic dates using samples which provide a great separation in concentrations between parent and daughter uh, nuclides particularly true of uranium and lead. So the Canyon Diablo date has been backed up by hundreds of other dates from both terrestrial samples and other meteorites. The meteorite samples show a spread from 4.53 to 4.58 billion years ago. This is interpreted as the duration of formation of the solar nebula and its collapse into the solar disk to form the sun and the planets. This 50 million year time span allows for accretion of the planets from the original solar dust and meteorites. So sounds to me like the science guys here know what they're talking about, and they've been researching this uh, for decades upon decades, whereas our callers are probably amateurs, and they, you know, they have their belief system, and they want to believe what they want to believe. I don't know. I mean, I trust science a little more than I trust the average preacher uh, on his pulpit, but... Maybe science is wrong. Certainly the scientific process is all about, to some extent, proving one another wrong. Scientists are always popping up trying to prove one another wrong. And I don't see anything on this article here. Now, I know it's, it's Wikipedia. You're gonna, I'm trying to imagine what the, uh, the objections might be here. Oh, well, it's Wikipedia. Anybody can write on that. Yeah, that's true. Anybody can write on Wikipedia. Uh, but normally when there's controversy, there's a section 
that lists the controversy. Normally, when something is not necessarily accepted as true, there's a section on Wikipedia that says, well, here's what other people think. And they don't even have that section here. So your thoughts at 800-259-9231. If you are somebody that maybe can explain the whole scientific dating thing a little better than uh, me trying to... (laughs) brute force my way through a Wikipedia article, you're certainly welcome to. Uh, otherwise, we continue with your phone calls about anything. As we go, Mark in Indianapolis, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey, what's going on? You hear me okay? Ian? We got you. What's on your mind? Okay, uh, I kind of got it. Well, this has nothing to do with what you guys are talking about, but it seems more relevant every day as time you know goes by. Uh, I guess the big $64,000 question, do you guys right now at the end of the year feel more free up in New Hampshire than you did this time last year? Feel more free in New Hampshire than this time last year? Uh, No, I can't really say that I do. No. But I do feel better because there are more people here now, uh, more activists here now than than there has ever been, and more are coming constantly at a, I would say, a higher clip than they have in the past. So I feel great that all these liberty activists have been moving in here, and that I feel better from that aspect. But as far as, you know, some sort of rollback of anti-liberty legislation and stuff like that, or or an abatement of uh, enforcement on bad laws, no, I, I don't really necessarily feel like that has happened. Okay, well, if you, I was thinking if you guys, I don't know if the you know, Free State Project doesn't work like you guys want it to, or you guys think bigger steps need taken, if all you got together, everyone in the Free State Project, and uh, asked themselves, you know, someone got in the room and asked, you know, what's the biggest threat to liberty that we have? I think, without doubt, they'd say Washington, D.C., right? I would say that, yeah, that's probably what I would say. Well, um, do you know any methods, or is someone, or people like, uh, I guess, putting pool of funds together to get enough attorneys or whatever is necessary to... It sounds pretty radical, but I think the way the U.S. is going is the only thing possible to, you know, literally fully secede, become you guys, New Hampshire, becoming a sovereign country. Um, I've not heard anything about that. I would, of course, I've actually suggested that these free staters that have been elected, which is another kind of uh, positive thing that's happened here for the last year, is there are now, I think, somewhere between four and six actual Free State Project mem- uh, participants that are now um, elected to the House of Representatives in New Hampshire, and I've suggested that they should take this ball and, and run with it. Of course, they're probably political guys. I don't know them, so I, I can't comment on what they have to say, but they're probably political guys, and they... The, the, the political realm seems uh, seems to stipulate that one must one must gain experience before one goes and introduces legislation. I don't know. That's that seems like an excuse to me. I think they should absolutely introduce some sort of secessionist um, piece of legislation just to get conversation started. Not to expect that it would succeed, but to get some people talking. And uh, I hope someone does that. And if not, maybe you can move here and do it. More coming up. Free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. They include the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there, and it's free. So get interactive over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's BBS. The Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. This March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. Apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through 12th, 
or at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, March 14th through 19th. Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more information. That's LibertarianSeminars.com, and uh, thanks to IHS uh, for that awesome service for young libertarian types or liberty-oriented people. It's really great. Uh, Mark, by the way, just called in from Indianapolis. We were talking with him about secession as a possibility up here in New Hampshire, and uh, I think it's a great idea. I, I think it can't happen soon enough. I don't know what it I don't know what it takes. I mean, I'm all in favor of personal secession, where each individual decides for themselves to no longer support the federal government. But it would be nice sim, uh, symbology to have the, uh, the New Hampshire government actually withdraw from the federal government. That would be really awesome. Um, so hopefully somebody can lead the charge on that, one of these legislative types, and get some conversation started. Because... Getting out of the federal government would go a long way to helping uh, the, the liberty situation wherever you are. We're, we're here in New Hampshire. Uh, one of the things that is, well, I think, well-known, at least around here, is that New Hampshire is – maybe it's not so well-known, but maybe by the activists it is – that New Hampshire is a what they call a donor state. And that means that the New Hampshire residents – give more to the feds than they get and i obviously they don't get anything the state government does but what i mean is that it's not a welfare state like california like uh, i think california is a welfare state maybe i'm wrong about that but anyway there are certain states out there that essentially the federal government collects more in taxes from than they actually return to so some states actually get the state government people get more money from the federal government than uh, is collected from the people that live in the state. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So New Hampshire is not one of those places. New Hampshire residents are giving uh, their money to the feds, and they're getting a fraction of it back uh, in the form of the state government. So, of course, the people are not actually getting that money. The state government is getting that money, which is yet another reason to uh, to uh, end the... Uh, the obligations, whatever the state might have to the feds to secede, because then it will no longer get money from the federal government. People will be able to keep their money, and they'll be able to decide for themselves how to best spend it. Can you imagine what it would be like if you're somebody that pays federal income tax to not have to pay it anymore? Can you imagine how nice that might be? I mean, I know, Julia, you've imagined that quite a bit recently. It would make a pretty pretty significant difference in your bank account. I mean, you're a pretty good saver as it is. You're somebody right. that that uh, that handles their money pretty well. But you'd be able to save a significant amount more, maybe even double on your, every single paycheck what well, you currently save. I mean, if I was spent putting away, because I still save money even though I get taxes taken out. Um, but I would be able to put away an extra six hundred dollars a month. And that's, that's significant. Huge. That's a that's a mortgage payment now. I mean that's a mortgage payment on a che- on a cheaper home. So uh, the amount of uh, impoverishment that that people are f- suffering at the hands of the federal government is just incredible. So so secession would solve uh, serious economic problems. I mean if indeed the the country is in a recession, if that's true, and I don't know if it's it's that really that true beyond that people believe it's true, and so they're creating it as a reality for themselves. Um, but if there really is a recession, and if it really is deepening into a depression, as the economic uh, so-called experts are claiming, then withdrawing from the federal government would go a long way to turning that around for wh- whichever state it is that does it first. I, I mean, I, if it's not New Hampshire, I hope somebody does it, whether it's Vermont or Oregon or Southern Oregon or whatever, Texas, Hawaii, somebody does it, that's going to be a boon to their economy. Now, of course, it'll mean that the 
Uh, the state will probably use it as an excuse to create a new tax or two, but either way, it'll probably be less of a burden than what the federal government is doing. Because the, the fact is, the federal government is just that much more insulated from any sort of uh, negative political consequences for doing things like that. Right. And I'm not going to make any sort of argument for local taxes, but at the very, very least, with local taxes, they can claim that you're getting some sort of service out of it, like they plow the roads here, and yeah. you know what I mean? There's po- We could call the police, right? Which I'm certainly not arguing for that, but with the federal government, you get nothing, I feel like. Nothing. You get protection. Yeah, the military out there keeping you safe, Julia. What are you talking about? They're not keeping me safe. They okay, don't even know who I am. They're protecting this country. You live here, don't you? Don't you live here? They're protecting this, this state of America. You just want to go unprotected, don't you? You just, you, why, you're not scared of what the terrorists might do? You're not scared? What's wrong with you? You're supposed to be scared. They've got all kinds of uh, videos and they're carrying guns and, and they're going to hurt us. Well, of course, that's what they would say. I mean, they would say that the feds are protecting us, but it's nonsense. Anybody that looks at the foreign policy situation in this country can see clearly that the U.S. federal government's foreign policy is putting Americans in danger. That's the reason why the the 9-11 attacks happened. It's not because they hate America's uh, freedoms. It's because they hate the fact that the American government is over in their land killing their family members. So that's another benefit to secession is that not only would you save significant amount of money – from not paying federal taxes anymore, but also you wouldn't be at risk from terrorist attacks because New Hampshire would not have an air force that would be going over dropping bombs on Iraq or Iran or wherever. I mean, and it's just not fiscally likely to happen that way. Most small countries, they may have a military. Some don't. Costa Rica doesn't even have a military. So... Presuming they have a small military, they don't send them anywhere. That's for darn sure, for the most part. I mean, some of them send them next door to try to take over the uh, the country next door, but they're not flying across the world dropping bombs on people. And I highly doubt people in New Hampshire would be flying, uh, you know, uh, rolling tanks across the border to Vermont, crushing their family members that might live on the other side. So the state of New Hampshire would not be spending buku bucks on some sort of crazy national defense program that is a significant portion of the federal government's uh, budget. So there's so many different reasons for uh, for this to actually happen, and I uh, I fully support it. And uh, one of the, again, one of the other reasons is that you won't have the federal mandates either. A lot of the, the current spending that the state governments do is because they're mandated to by the feds. Uh, for instance, and a lot of the rules that they follow are because they're mandated by the feds. So uh, I've heard the bureaucrats around here suggesting that, well, we can't build on those lands because the EPA has determined they are swampland. Okay. Well, there are people that would be willing to build on the land, and they could build on the land if you bureaucrats would allow them to without threatening them with violence. But the reason they're threatening them is not because there's some sort of local ordinance against it. It's because the EPA has a rule against it. And since the local boys are taking money from the feds, they have to agree to those rules. So there would be more economic expansion, more opportunities abound, uh, abounding. And uh, the traffic laws are another area where the feds control things like speed limits with their money. Seatbelt uh, laws? Yeah, and what about traffic cameras? We've got a couple stories about traffic cameras. Some Santa Clauses down in Arizona. These are some great activists, by the way. Uh, we'll tell you about what they did to give some uh, Arizonans a real Christmas treat. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. 
Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live, the live Christmas Eve edition of the program. You can bring up anything, as always, at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their websites. We give ours away. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com to experience that portion of our website uh, where there are over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. You can edit the wiki to your heart's content, and it's totally free at wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? Privacyharbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, guaranteed. Privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. So, holiday gift good wishes coming from some Santas in Tempe, Arizona. And I don't know if if these guys are bureaucrashers or who they are, but they are heroes. These are some great activists. And uh, people people accuse this show of being uh, New Hampshire-centric and that all we talk about is what's going on in New Hampshire. And, of course, it's nonsense. We talk about stories from all over the place. But usually it's stories about the police state you know, because that's what's going on around this country and around the world. Well, whenever you listen to any news source, it's only about government, really. There is not much else to talk about. So, uh, so yeah, so a lot of the times we're talking about what t- sort of tyrannical things government is doing to people around the world. Uh, but when we get the opportunity and we see some good news, I try to make a point of reporting on it. And this is some really great news. The story is from EastValleyTribune.com, where the Tempe Police Department said uh, Tuesday it has launched an investigation into a group of Santa impersonators who covered up several traffic enforcement cameras in the city earlier this month. The decision to pursue a case against the mysterious gang of anti-camera activists is a reversal from Monday when a department spokesperson said no laws were broken because the cameras weren't damaged and there would be no investigation. Since the word of the holiday camera ploy spread across the valley and indeed across the country, the group has attracted a folk hero-like status from drivers who are fed up with roadside police cameras. uh, Scores of readers who posted comments online with the Tribune and other publications overwhelmingly supported the rogue St. Nick's. Some readers went as far to describe them as true American patriots. And I have to agree. You can see the, uh, the footage for yourself, by the way. The Santas have their own YouTube channel. And I don't have the name of the YouTube channel, but I will get it for you here. Uh, but I'm sure if you go and look up Santa traffic cameras, that's that'll funny. probably find it. Uh, but I'll, you bet, can... oh, I'll bet the bureaucrats are pissed. Oh, absolutely. That's How why they're in dare po- you make a mockery mm-hmm. of our spread light cameras. I love it. I think this is brilliant. I think these activists are awesome. I wish we had them here in New Hampshire. Uh, but I don't, I don't think we have the red light cameras here. Uh, there are some cameras I have seen, but I don't believe they are used for any enforcement purposes at this time. And I don't see them very often. So no. I think they're just monitoring traffic. 
like you know looking at the volume of traffic or something like that uh but uh, so the government bureaucrats are very upset julia and you're right they don't like it when you make fun of them they don't like it when you disrespect them they don't like it when you laugh at them and that's kind of part of what the, the santas did here they made a spectacle out of their disobedience and the footage is you know it's shaky and awful but they got some good i mean it's it's that's them. Uh, you can't identify them because they got the big Santa beards on. So it was a perfect time of the year for them to go and do this. Obviously, you could probably get away with it Halloween as well. But uh, what a wonderful idea. They went around and they covered up at least a handful, of, at least I would say Merry three. Merry Christmas. Yep. And as, as they were covering the cameras up, one of them, they used a big box that was dressed up as though it was a big Christmas present. They put that funny. over yeah, over top of one of them. The other one, they had a huge bow in there. I think they tied a box up there and, and it was this gigantic bow just sort of draped on top of the camera. And How'd they get up there? Well, believe it or not, it was actually pretty easy. All the guy had was a little stepladder, like a little two-step stepladder. So these were not monstrous uh, tall cameras at the top of any sort of uh, traffic light structure. Hmm. There was a, it was a special pole with a camera oh. on it that was on the side of the road. So it was only maybe two, uh, maybe a, a person and a half tall, basically. So you only had to go up a couple steps to get up there, which was great. Made it easier for them. And uh, so they're very, very upset. Let me continue the story here from East Valley Tribune. In recent months, photo enforcement cameras have increasingly become the target of vandalism by those angry with local and state government's decision to expand the use of such equipment to catch traffic violators. Despite the hostility, Tepe Sergeant Steve Carbajal said it's illegal to impair the function of the cameras and future incidents will be investigated by the department. My advice to those people is to obey traffic laws. I know that's not the popular thing to say, but it's pretty simple. Carbajal said his department changed its mind about whether to... The the department apparently has a mind of its own, Julia. The department (laughs) has changed its mind about whether uh, whether to investigate after reviewing a video posted on YouTube by the Santas. The video shows four people disguised in red suits and long white beards placing gift wrap boxes and holiday colored blankets over cameras and various different locations throughout Tempe. Police said they were aware of the incident and removed the obstacles when they happened two weeks ago. While the identities of the members of the group remain unknown, the motives behind the stunt clearly are spelled out toward the end of the two-and-a-half-minute video, which is set to the tune of the Jackson 5's classic Christmas song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Ho, 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 the video states in bold white letters, Death to the Surveillance State, Free Movement for All People. The video goes on to say, only Santa knows who is naughty and nice. Lumps of coal to all of those who make it their business to watch and control. (laughs) From the border wall to the freeway red light cameras. I think these people are heroes. This is real great market-based activism countering the tyranny that is out there across this country with something as simple as a box designed to be a Christmas present and a Christmas-colored blanket. And making a spectacle of it and using the great activist tools that we have at our hands today that previously did not exist. Activism like this was, I mean, first of all, there were no red light cameras 20 years ago. Uh, but even if there were, there, it wouldn't be possible to do activism like this because you wouldn't have had YouTube. These guys would not have gotten coverage probably anywhere outside of Tempe if they even got coverage outside of Tempe. They would have had to uh, filmed their video on a tape and sent it to a TV station, and then they would have had to play it. And it would have been a much more uh, dedicated process, would have been much more difficult, and nobody around the, the world certainly, <clears throat> certainly would have come aware of it. They wouldn't have gotten to see the footage. 
So having YouTube, I think, is a really important activist tool. Having cameras, of course, really important. Showing what you're doing, showing the world what your activism is, is uh, is really helpful. Because it, people are getting on board with these Santas. The, it, I, and I have mean, looked at the comments here, very positive. Uh, people really appreciate this kind of activism. I wonder how many like accidents are actually caused by people running red lights. Because I don't really see too many people run red lights. I run red lights... Um, when there is no one coming and there's like a red left turn arrow, because those just piss me off. Those mm-hmm. are so insulting to your intelligence, especially in the middle yep. of the night. I don't think there should be traffic lights at all in Keene after 9 o'clock, because really, there's nobody out on the road, and it's insulting that I have, I have to, to sit. W- sit and wait, and it backs up traffic, and there's a million other complaints I have. But So um, will you pay a fine if you get pulled over for driving through the, the red light? Well, hopefully I won't get caught. I won't want to. Since the, since the Tribune first published the story, it's been picked up by the AP and received attention on websites such as the Drudge Report. A majority of readers who posted comments uh, have been enthusiastically backing the activists. One of the readers wrote, this is about saying no to a surveillance state in America, the supposed land of the free. While some comments expressed concern about breaking the law, most oh, said gosh. there were frustration about the growing number of cameras spreading throughout the valley. But listen to this. Uh, local psychologist... Marlo Archer said popular support for the group points to a higher tolerance for criminal behavior than in the past. It's only criminal because they made it illegal. Right. It's not criminal because it's bad. Exactly. But this is a common misconception. People believe that because something's illegal that it's bad. And that's just not true. That's hilarious because laws change all the time. So does it like unbecome for alcohol, for example? Was it bad? It's good at now. One, it was yes. good and then it was bad and now it's good again? It's good now unless you're 21. Or excuse me, it's one, uh, 20. Then it's bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the psychologist apparently is completely bought into this paradigm. Uh, I got another quote from him coming up here. Your calls as well. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. And this is Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's the live Christmas Eve edition of the show. And you can expect a live Christmas Day edition of the show tomorrow as well. Plus, we'll be live on New Year's Eve. So we're as usual here on Free Talk Live. Six nights a week, Monday through Saturday. Join us every night uh, live or via podcast at freetalklive.com. It is Ian here with you tonight. And Julia. And uh, big thanks to you, Julia, for stepping up and coming in here, uh, doing the show two nights in a row this week. You're going to get another double dose of Julia. She'll be back tomorrow night. And uh, that, uh, that, of course, gives our other co-hosts the opportunity to go and be with their families right. and stuff like that. So. I mean, I'm, I am with my family, so, you know. Oh, it's so nice to be here with you. All right, 800-259-9231. We're going to get right back into the calls here. But real quick, one more quote from this psychologist who is uh, analyzing the Santas uh, who have been in Tempe, Arizona, defacing police cameras. Well, what they've been doing is they actually haven't been spray painting them or anything like that, which would be an interesting technique. I don't. Yeah, the defacing, covering it with something isn't defacing. What happens when it? What What if it snowed and it it got on the front of the? Yeah, you're gonna camera. go after God with a, or you know, go after the, the, like, the baby Jesus. The defacing would be taking it down, breaking it. Uh, spray painting yeah. over it. They didn't do that. They put boxes that were essentially decorated as though they were Christmas presents 
over top of these red light cameras. Actually, they're either speeding cameras or red light cameras. I'm not sure which. Uh, but they have assen- they essentially obscured the vision of a few cameras by putting boxes and Christmas-colored blankets over them. And they did it all while dressed as Santas, recorded the entire thing, put it up on YouTube, and uh, it's obviously ca- causing quite a stir. And now the government people are investigating, and they want to press charges and find out who those Santas are, those scofflaws. How dare they? How dare they make a mockery of our system? Well, they have, and I think it's brilliant. And I hope more people are empowered to do things like this around the country because the outpouring of support is tremendous. And in a case like... hmm? I feel like most people agree that uh, traffic laws in general are a little absurd, a little over the top. I mean, almost everyone speeds. Yeah, I don't know anybody who ha- who doesn't. My mom, maybe. <laughs> she drives under the speed limit. You have to be a real square, right, yeah. to, to do that. Yeah, almost everybody speeds. Does everybody come to a complete stop at a stop sign when there's no one coming and it's seems the middle rare. of the night? Seems rare. It seems stupid to do so. So the the uh, it's it's nice to see people supporting this because some of the activism up here, which has been of the more extreme variety uh, in in people's minds, like maybe Lauren Canario driving around with no gover- uh, with no government registration, incenses a lot of people uh, because they you know they they feel abused by the state and they want everybody else to be equally abused and they're they're like the slaves on the plantation that are getting upset at the the one slave with the courage to walk off the plantation and so I, I, having seen a lot of that mentality i was kind of surprised to see so much support for the santas in this case but i guess for whatever reason that you know people are just much more upset about the the traffic cameras than they are about well, traffic laws in general it's something that i feel like a lot of people feel like well you know driving a car is a big responsibility and we don't want anyone driving a car but most people sort of agree that the the traffic laws that we have right now are, are absurd and i think most people don't like being watched on cameras which mm. is why this is great civil disobedience because yes. it's it's an issue that really hits home for a lot of people is this considered civil disobedience if it's done? Is it well, civil disobedience if it's done anonymously? I I am certainly no expert on the definition of civil disobedience. I mean, it is but either way, disobedient. it's disobedience. Oh yeah, it's definitely disobedient. Uh, in that, if the cop had driven by at the time they were uh, doing well, it, well, it, it's uh, it's not political activism. It is doing something illegal on purpose with the intent of drawing attention to yes. it. So I mean, it it falls in that category. And clearly, these people are clearly in our camp. Whoever these guys are, I mean, there's a good chance they might listen to. Free Talk Live or some other liberty-oriented shows out there because, I mean, with the the message that they put on their video, ho, 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 death to the surveillance state, free movement for all people from the border wall to the freeway uh, red light cameras, clearly these are liberty-minded people. So, uh, I, you know, it would be so awesome if one of the Santas would call this show. Of course, we'd have no way of verifying that you really were the Santa, but... It still make me feel good. 800-259-9231. So, oh, here's the other quote for, this, uh, for the psychologist. So this uh, psychologist, of course, taking the side of the state, saying that uh, popular support for the group points to higher tolerance for criminal behavior than in the, in the past. She said people are more willing to support lawbreakers if it somehow benefits their lives. People, well, things like murder and rape don't benefit their lives. Right. So red light cameras do because they, if they get caught running a red light, they get fined or whatever. So what we really should be, uh, what maybe some of the activists here in New Hampshire should focus on is what kind of disobedience can be done that will have an immediate benefit on people's lives? What kind of things can be done? Be, I mean, obviously the traffic cameras thing is something that can be easily duplicated, and I hope more people would, will do so. 
Uh, but what else? I mean, if you can think of something, 800-259-9231. The psychologist said people want the government to take care of them, but they don't want the government to penalize them when they break the law. There's a lack of accountability, a mentality out there that people want anything that can help them out. I wonder how many people want the government to take care of them. Because I don't think that number's that high. Maybe welfare recipients and freeloaders. Oh, yeah, they do. please, you guys keep it. Well, that is a good question, Julia, and I'd, I'd be interested to see some sort of polling results on what Americans think about government. I don't feel like the government. average person, I mean, while they may not be the, be principled and that they don't really understand, I mean, I, most people would probably agree with, like, the basics, basic police, basic mm-hmm. um, military and stuff, but I think most people agree that they've definitely overstepped their bounds, and most people don't want a, a whole lot of government telling them to run how, how to run their lives. Well, when Harry Brown was doing his presidential campaigns in 1996 and 2000, he went around and asked people, obviously it was unscientific, but he went around and asked people if they thought government was too big, too uh, too small, or just the right size, and overwhelmingly, I think to the tune of 80% of people said that it was too big, so yes. Uh, I mean, the numbers are definitely on our side, and with events, uh, with uh, activism like this, uh, hopefully it'll spread. Hopefully more people will do stuff like this, and maybe it's just the tip of the iceberg. Maybe these guys down in Arizona are just getting started. Maybe we'll, maybe this won't be the last we see of these Santas. 1-800-259-9231. Can you imagine the cops like stopping all the Santas on the streets trying to uh, to interview them about this? Uh, we continue here with OJ in Nebraska. OJ, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello, OJ. To the phones, oh, to the fun. Good evening, Ian and hey. Julia, and Merry Christmas. Same to you, sir. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I listen on the podcast, so I'm a bit behind the times. Uh, but there had been a comment that had occurred to me to make regarding your uh, courtroom activism. Yes, sir. Um, I think it's a great thing, but I think you may want to shift your focus just a little bit. Uh, okay. And what I mean by that is... Uh, it sounded to me like when when you went to court over the the couch issue uh, that you focused upon uh, what what authority the the court has. Yes, I was focusing on my lack of consent, making it clear that yes. I did not consent to the system uh, based on their own rules. Uh, they say that the government is by the consent of the governed, but apparently that's just nonsense. Yeah, uh, my concern is that if if you focus on that. Uh, you're you're pretty much going to be labeled a crackpot, and nobody's going to pay any attention. However, if you focus on another aspect of it, the show me the victim, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, he dropped off. Uh, we lost him, unfortunately, but I certainly welcome to call back. But I agree with him. I think that's a that's a fine way to go about things, and there are a lot of different ways that uh, we can approach these situations as they continue to develop, as the government people continue to target activists for retaliation and retribution for doing their activism, there will be a variety of different methods tried. I know that Sam is having some success uh, down in Texas, Sam from the Obscure Truth Network, with going after them with criminal complaints. I like that kind of technique. I I like the idea of using their system against them. And what I was doing was sort of testing, uh, you know, to see what would happen and see how far they would push the couch issue. Of course, we're talking about uh, my tenants having a couch out in their yard, the government people coming after me and essentially trying to destroy my life as, uh, as a result of that. Uh, and so I wanted to see if they would put me in jail for it, and they, and they did. Uh, of course, would they have put me in jail had I not been so disobedient in their courtroom, which is something that I was doing? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't have. Maybe they would have waived it. Maybe they would have made it, made it go away. So 
maybe it would have turned out completely differently had I not had the uh, disobedient attitude that I did on that particular day. And anything I say at this point is, is pure speculation as to what they might have done. And over time, as more activists move here and, and do things and do disobedience, we'll get to try all these different venues. We'll get to try all these different ideas, and we'll figure out if any of them will work. I mean, I don't know if Sam's approach with going after the grand jury is going to work, but it sure as hell is an interesting one, and it seems to be one that is very scary to the government bureaucrats. They don't like the idea of charges being brought against them, and certainly the grand jury has uh, some level of control. So we'll see how that pans out, uh, and over time, we'll, we will out the ways to to defeat these people. There has to be a way to do it. I mean, if it's just numbers, I think that might be it. I mean, it might be sheer numbers doing disobedience to the point where they just can't handle it anymore, and they, they back off, and they do the right thing and leave people alone. As far as I'm concerned, if they're leaving people alone, that's a win, and yep. that would be great. Hour three's coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. It's the live Christmas Eve edition of the program, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And we're going to go right back into your phone calls here. And then Julia has a story about uh, yet another story where people have disrespected the government. But first, we go to O.J. O.J., who was on the line from Nebraska, looked like something happened uh, to his connection, and so we invited him to call back. O.J., you're back on Free Talk Live. Oh, hi there. All right, go ahead uh, with your thoughts. Well, just in case I get cut off again, let me get right to the point. Yes, sir. Um, if, if you focus on the aspect of there not being a victim, uh, that's harder to argue with, and it also... I made that point, uh, by the way. I'd like to point out uh, that I did make that point during the trial they forced me to have. Uh, you know, I asked if there was a victim, and they said there was not. So they found me guilty anyway. Yeah, and that taking that approach also provides you with with one thing that the the consent issue does not, and that is that uh, the absence of a victim that argument cannot be used by someone who has committed an actual crime because there is a victim. Absolutely. I probably could appeal this and have some success. It's just that I don't know anything about that process. I don't consent to the system, so I don't really want to use the process. And they're leaving me alone at this point. So at this point, I'm going to leave them alone for now, and then we will rematch later, I'm sure. Yeah, it depends what you want to accomplish. If you're trying to affect change, it's going to take a long, long time. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, change isn't always something that takes a long time. Uh, in many cases, uh, change can happen quite quickly and unexpectedly. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. This is something I'm in for the long term on. I mean, it's, it's one of my lifelong goals is to achieve as much liberty as possible. And so, I mean, I've dedicated my professional career and, and a lot of my uh, free time to doing stuff like this. So I'm with you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely on board for the, for the long term and bringing people to the message of liberty, helping them understand 
understand what it's about, helping them apply the principles of uh, non-aggression in their own life, and helping them expand uh, to bring other people into the fold so we can achieve liberty in our lifetime. So I'm with you there. Uh, you know, it's a great point to make. I did make that point, and it didn't save me from a jail cell. So all that said, uh, I think it might work on an appeal. That's a possibility. But then again, I'm no legal expert. Let me ask you, do you, do you have other callers on the line? We do, but if you want to make another point, you may. Okay, just just one thing. Yeah. From my perspective, I think where, where things went wrong uh, with the the justice system was when they started going beyond uh, actual crimes, actual harm to people. Absolutely. They started trying to prevent these things from happening. Yeah, I don't know when uh, that was, but you're right. I mean, as soon as they went and created a law that uh, involved no victim, I think you're right. And, and as soon as people accepted that, as, as soon as people bowed down before the supposed authority of the state people and just and, and did as they were told to do. Uh, so it's, it's, it's there. It's, it's everybody's fault. I mean, it's all our fault for being so damn obedient this whole time. If more people were like those Santas in, in Tempe, Arizona, um, doing civil disobedience, the state wouldn't be able to handle it. I think it's important to recognize and acknowledge the intent of the people that, that have done that. Uh, and I'm talking about in, in seeking to prevent harm. While it, you, have to, you have to acknowledge that, uh, but you also have to point out that it's, it's counterproductive. Right? We, we've reached a point where uh, uh, probably about 90% of what cops do, and I, I am one, oh, wow. uh, is... Okay. I called once before. Ah, great. Is, uh, you know, we're basically one big department of pre-crime, just like in the movie Minority Report, except without the psychics. Uh, we, we focus on things that have been made illegal with the intent to prevent uh, the actual crimes that, that may, may come of those actions. Uh, case in point, speeding. Uh, there, yeah, there's a very good reason for for speeding to be illegal, uh, if you look at it through that particular prism, and that is that the, the faster that you're going, the fa- the more you will travel, the more distance you will travel in the reaction time that you have, and the more likely it is that that an accident will occur and that some harm will result. That is true. Uh, you're correct. But that's. Leaving out, uh, you know, it, it's a mistake to just set a cookie cutter speed limit. Well, right, uh, for it presumes because reaction times vary. Well, and it also presumes that uh, that the, the speeding is in some way dangerous. I mean, yes, it's yeah. dangerous if you're riding somebody's uh, butt uh, and you start, you know, if you're going seventy and you're driving five feet behind somebody, you are in serious danger. But if you're going yep. seventy and there's nobody around, then eh, it's not that yeah, dangerous. Well, then, then you're probably the only one in danger if things go wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I, my, my point is more that they're they're trying to to accomplish the the best for everybody instead of leaving it up to the individual. Sure, and, and when they do that, they can't. Either, they can't because one size doesn't fit all. Fail on their own merits, and uh, there's there's something occasionally to be said for failure. Yeah. 
Uh, and and it, one size does not fit all. You're correct. And that's what the law attempts to do is it attempts to uh, to force one size fits all solutions on every single individual on every single circumstance, every single place. And, and 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 even as they try to expand the law to uh, to include differing circumstances, they can never possibly catch up to reality, which in- includes an infinite uh, set of circumstances and possibilities. And so it's one of the reasons why the laws continue to become more voluminous over time as they see, oh, well, we didn't have that before, so we've got to write this down, and we've got to write this circumstance down and this circumstance down. And yep. uh, it's just awful. And it ends up being what it is, and that is it's uh, it's an enforcement opportunity for revenue. I mean, you know, you know it and I know it, right, OJ? Yep. Thanks for the call tonight. Oh, oh yes, if you're still there. Uh, I wish everybody a Merry Christmas, including Tom, who would have me sorted out. Uh, <laughs> everybody have a good one. Thank you, OJ. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Since we're talking... Hmm? Well, I was I was going to say just a little more on what he said, this sort of safety society. I don't even know what to really call it, but I feel like there are a lot of people out there who believe that somehow it is their job to make sure that nobody ever gets hurt or dies, you yeah. know, and I'm sorry, but people Every get life is hurt precious. and people die. And really, it's nobody's responsibility but your own to protect your own life. But they don't believe that you can have that responsibility. Right, and that's what's insulting about it. It is. And you if you believe you have the responsibility, you can't just opt out of their little system. Yeah. So it just and I, and government really uses this this fear of, you know, people. Oh, my God, I might hurt. You could hurt yourself. You know, I don't want people doing this. They might hurt themselves. They right. really use that as a revenue source against us. Not only, not only as a revenue source, but they also use it to kind of play off the fears of other people. When when you've programmed everybody to be so afraid of little things like speeding, and then you point to somebody who's been speeding to say, uh, you know, see, this person should be punished. The, a lot of people will go along with it. They'll say, yeah, yeah, how dare you speed? You're putting people in danger and blah, blah, blah. They'll just sort of spout off the uh, the line that they've been trained. When they themselves speed, I mean, they probably have sped, and so they're just feeling indignant yeah. because somebody's I, speeding and getting away with it or something. You know, like I that. feel like when I am trying not to speed purposely, and I, I've, I've constantly got my eyes on the speedometer, that's a mm-hmm. lot more dangerous I'd say. I feel like when I'm like riding the gas, I'm like, oh, because you know, if or I'm you're driving looking in the a, mirror for a cop, right? You're, I'm driving through a speed trap, right? Some, some place I know where mm-hmm. there's cops that hide and stuff. I'm like, okay, am I going 35? I think I'm going through. Oh, oh, heading up to 40. Better slow down. I'm just constantly taking my eyes off the road and looking yeah. at the speedometer to make sure I'm not going to get a ticket. Yeah, th- and that's and why it's because you don't want to pay 75 bucks or whatever. Yeah, it'd be a lot more safe for me to just keep my eyes on the road and go with the flow of traffic exactly. and uh, keep an eye on. On the people around you to make sure they're not doing anything crazy because as you're looking down at that speedometer, I mean, we talked, uh, OJ was talking about the reaction time. Well, that's reaction time when your eyes are on the road. When Reaction time when your eyes are on the speedometer is even slower. Or in the mirror, I, I watch my mirror, my back mirror, because I, I want to know if there are police officers behind me because I'm scared, you're scared of getting pulled over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see uh, a poll done with Americans asking them the question of how do you feel when you have a police car behind you without their lights on? How do you feel about it? My heart sinks. Yeah. And when they turn their lights on, how do you feel then? 800-259-9231. I wonder what percentage of Americans would say, I feel protected and served. What percentage? Why, hello, officer. (laughs) Top of the morning to you. (laughs) Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want toll-free this live Christmas Eve edition of the show, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And uh, some of those features include updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early-out billing, and they purchase charge-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat their customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Do business with businesses that support FTL. As we continue with your phone calls about what you want, it's Dan in Indianapolis, or rather Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dan. Yeah, from Indiana. Did you say Indianapolis? I did accidentally. Like that. (laughs) Well, season's beatings from southwest Indiana, the home of the unfree and the land of the slave or something like that. Aren't, Aren't we all? Oh, boy. I got a story to tell you. I don't know if you'd heard about it. Your call screener said that he didn't. All right. Uh, what David it is? Spade, that, uh, well, he rhymes with, it rhymes with heinous, <laughs> what he's done. Mm-hmm. He decided he was going to give a, it's on the, uh, it's spelled F-O-X. I think it's pronounced Schmucks News. <laughs> okay. Huh? Gotcha. I'm, I'm listening. Uh, he uh, decided to donate $100,000 to the Phoenix Police Department. Ew. Because because they were crying, oh, we need money to buy high-powered rifles to defend the city from the growing influence of Mexican drug cartels. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, nasty little cartels. Yeah, he got the idea from seeing a story on, on Schmuck's News. And uh, he said he, he called asking to donate to the rifle program. Gross. He said they were outgunned and desperate for more firepower. Wanted to buy them to the semi-automatics. He said he's going to buy them. Uh, see, police chief Jack Harris says that they're going. He's thrilled to any that they were able to accept the money, and they're going to put fifty AR-15 rifles. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. what a sicko! Wow, I always thought that the uh, I thought the Hollywood people always considered themselves progressive. That doesn't sound very uh, well, progressive. Yeah, well, the thing I think the thing is is that David Spade is is is, is a is a jerkweed. I mean, I, oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't, and he's always been a smart aleck. I've never liked it. I mean, you know me. I'm, I'm, you know, know I'm pretty you, libertarian, pretty freedom oriented. And 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 I want to tell you, while I'm on the subject of libertarian, I own yes, it. Sir. You own it too. Own what? Libertarian. What? Do, I don't you, understand. Well, own... You 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 said before that you called yourself, and I and I refer to myself also as a as a voluntarist and free market uh, capitalist and mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, and I'm kind of a, I'm pretty anarchist and stuff. Thanks to you. Um, but uh, the thing is, is that you know you said you don't call yourself libertarian because the Libertarian Party da 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 da. Well, here's the thing: Libertarian Party didn't earn that. You might want to think about that. Yeah, think but about- but you got to understand. I mean, I know where you're coming from. You're saying that we own the word as much as anybody else owns the word, and I'm I'm with you to that extent. Okay. Uh, but I also understand that perception is reality, and mm-hmm. anybody that's paying attention to, I mean, first of all, most people don't know what libertarian is, so that's right. a good thing, I guess. But of those that have heard the word, many associate it with the Libertarian Party, and yeah. there's just no there's no undoing damage like that. And I I mean, you I suppose it's possible that you could work to undo. 
that, but man, that seems like a lot of work. Whereas nobody has yet uh, has yet taken uh, the the mantle of free marketeer or voluntarist and destroyed that particular term. So I feel much more comfortable going with something that people don't have any preconceived notions about. If that makes sense. Yeah, that kind of makes sense to me and everything. I, I suppose, but I, I don't know. I look at it as though they did not earn it. They might have at one time maybe uh, earned it. You know, back when the Libertarian Party was libertarian. Well, they don't the own thing, the word, Dan, but they have destroyed yeah. its common uh, understanding. I mean, as right. uncommon as it's as it might be, that whatever that people think about libertarian, they think of the Libertarian Party, and I just don't want yeah. people to confuse me with them. I'm not yeah. uh, I'm not a member of the Libertarian Party. I withdrew my membership. I uh, I quit. Yeah, me too. And yeah. it was good. I'm glad you did, and I'm glad yeah, you called yeah. tonight. I mean, they'll get they'll get money from me when they start being libertarian again, but but I ain't holding my breath till that happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even paying it, uh, enough attention. Yeah. Uh, I haven't to, paid to dues know. in a long, long time. All I hear is that they've been uh, the, the, apparently the the latest story out of the Libertarian Party is they've been trying to cleanse their ranks of the principled people on the Libertarian National Committee. So they're in no way making any sort of turnaround. They're continuing to go down the path uh, to uh, to liberty light or conservative light or whatever. I thank you, Dan, for the call tonight. Good hearing from you and happy holidays. 800-259-9231. So another reason to dislike actor David Spade. <laughs> I don't really know much about David Spade, but I know he's a bad guy now. Is he the? Is he a blonde yeah. I'm trying to think of which one David Spade He's is. He's one of those not... so, supposed funny guys. He yeah, did a lot I of think... movies with Chris Farley. Yeah, yeah, that's, him. that's uh, him. So we continue here with G calling from New York. G, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, G. G going once. G in New York. Can you hear me? Hello, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good evening, uh, lady and gentlemen. Indeed, Hello. sir. Go ahead. Uh, All right, yeah. Um, I, uh, first, I want to talk about the police, especially since that officer just called, but... Um, before that, I just want to say, you know, most of the welfare states, you know, you were talking about they get more tax dollars than they put in. Yes. Those are red states, and if they seceded, their economies would collapse. Interesting. So so California was not one of them then, right? Um, I'm not sure. I doubt it because, you know, they have ports and everything. But, yeah. you know, they're mostly Midwestern states, hmm. you know, with all these so-called rebels that don't pay taxes. Well, I don't know if their economies would collapse, but if they seceded, I mean, they would at least then be in charge of their own destiny for once, which would be kind of nice. Yeah, but I mean, who's going to pay the sheriff? Who's paying the governor? Who's building the roads? Who's paying the postmaster? I mean, it's not like in New Hampshire where you are because you're still on the east and you have, like, relatively uh, affluent people who pay taxes. But um, I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about the – let's go back to that police thing. Sure. She said, do you feel safe? I uh, I definitely don't feel safe because I've been arrested ten times oh at gosh. least for nothing. And like the last time I got arrested, you know, uh, the police said, I mean, uh, the police and the judge and the lawyer said, we apologize to you on behalf of the state of New York. This is a waste of taxpayer resources. You what know, was it for? I uh, I put my feet up on the subway train because I was thinking <laughs> it was an empty train in the middle of the afternoon. And this cop, she pulls me off the train and, uh, you know, is like, you know, give me your ID, whatever. I swear everything is illegal in New York City. Can you do yeah, anything is, in New York City? Because the cops don't know the law. They just do whatever they feel like. Oh, yeah. Anymore. How they could they? The I mean, they don't even know the law in New Hampshire where there are a lot less laws. I'll tell you that. They don't know the law here. And, they, you know, they make it up as they go along. Now, some of them make it a, make it a, their their hobby to learn as much of it as they can. But, uh, but man, I mean, a place like New York City, 
You can't even know the housing code there. You can't know anything as far as the law. It's so huge. 15 million people. That, there's a lot of damn government in New York City to uh, to know no, those there's laws. Only, uh, there's, only, there's only 8 million people here, but that's still too much for, uh, you know. Doesn't it jump island. up to 15 during the daytime? Well, yeah, I guess, yeah. You count all the commuters from uh, right. Connecticut, New Jersey. Well, there's but over 300,000 government bureaucrats there. That much I know. Yeah, and you know what's really funny, right, is, you know, see, I'm six foot five, and I have dreadlocks, right, so I have to carry official ID even if I'm just going across the street to the store. You know what I mean? Because they'll, they'll arrest you if you don't have ID. So I got the real ID, you know, the new one, that's the United States Passport card. Really? That even says State Department on it. It has RFID chip and everything. Hey, G, I'm going to bring you back, all right? I'm going to bring you back for okay, more. Uh, okay. You've had uh, real encounters there with the police. Uh, you know what it's like to be there in New York City and encounter this insan- this insanity that is the bureaucracy there. 800-259-9231. More coming up with G and your calls as well about anything. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, the live Christmas Eve edition of the program. You can bring up anything just by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And the features include live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, and a webcam edition of the program, all available free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com as we go back to G in Brooklyn. G, who's been arrested ten times there in New York City. uh, I'm still here. I've been arrested ten times in five different states at least. Oh, okay. Five states. Okay. Because, you know, I'm 6'5 with dreadlocks. I don't even dress like a thug, but, you know, these police are crazy. You know, they think I'm a drug dealer and they have an easy collar. Right. Well, yeah. I'm an outstanding citizen, so they have to let me go after a while. If I can uh, go out on a limb here, G, it sounds like you might also be uh, black as well, which certainly doesn't help in, uh, in a lot of places. Yeah, exactly. Like, one time I was in New Jersey, right? They held me at, on the ground for an hour at gunpoint and then said, oh, wow. sorry, you can go home now. They, you said know, you fit, they said you fit the description of some armed robber. That, that doesn't <laughs> make it right. Uh, saying I'm sorry is not good enough. Now, look, if you hurt somebody's feelings, that's one thing. Saying you're sorry, you know, the person who you, whose feelings you hurt might not feel as though they're completely uh, made uh, good because you said you're sorry, but at least it's something. But when you draw a gun on somebody and you destroy their freedom and you take their liberty away and, uh, you know, you're, you put them in handcuffs, put them in a cage, and then you let them out and say whoops then that yeah, like, you know so that doesn't how, that doesn't help how do you think these cops would feel if we if somebody did that to them if it, somebody imprisoned them or even just held them at gunpoint on the ground for an hour or threw them into you know they put me in the tombs that night right the the other time i'm talking about on the train mm-hmm. the tombs is the main um jail in new york where it's like under you know how they have those shows about all the law shows in new york yeah the tombs is the one under that. They call it the tombs because there's all these levels underground. There's like 30 wow. people in one cell, and you're all sleeping on the floor, like right next Gosh. to each other. It's awful. And, and it's, 
And it's yeah, and they just, let me out the next day and said, oh, we're, we apologize. Right. What, and, uh, what if you did that to a cop? How would he feel? They would be livid. I mean, he, he would go to his buddies, and they'd round themselves up some weapons, and they would go out, and they would hunt you down until you were dead. I mean, that's what yeah. happens when, when, when a cop gets shot. It's like everything stops. The, every single cop comes from out of the woodwork. Uh, and, I'm not, you know, this is when they get shot. Anything that happens to a cop, the cops get so upset about it uh, because they believe they're better people than the rest. Of us. I mean, I'm, I'm making general statements here. Some cops are good guys. I know that. I'm talking about the bad ones, and there are plenty I'll of them. I'll tell you right now, most cops are bad guys. I agree few, with that statement. Only a few of them are good guys. Most of them are, you know, just basically tough. And I'll tell you this, right, because a cop actually told me this. When, uh, when, they, when they arrested me this last time, when they took me to the tombs, like while they were processing me, there was another cop there, and he was like, man, I'll tell you right now, there's a whole bunch of kids coming back from Iraq. And they can't get any other jobs except being police. Mm-hmm. So it's going to get a lot worse because he was like, you know, they're shell-shocked and all that because they've been, like, shooting women and children, and they're crazy now. So now yep. they're policing on the streets of New York. And he said, man, I have um, tw- he said I have 17 months to retirement, and that cannot come fast enough. You know, Wow, that's amazing. It's funny because the two times that's I've true, been arrested, brother. something similar happened where the cop that was, like, fingerprinting me, I was alone with them, and they said, you know, man... This, what goes on here is not right, essentially, and I'm retiring soon, and I can't wait to get away from these people. Well, you know what the problem is yeah, there? Of course, know. all the good guys are being driven out of the business. Yep. I mean, as the bad guys keep coming in and the bad guys keep getting promoted, the good guys That's... get fed up, and they throw in the towel, and they leave. So eventually, over time, the, the police force continues to degenerate. That's yep, why I really... It's going to be a lot worse, exactly like he said. You know, he, and he's been on the force for, you know, yeah. whatever, like 20-plus years. He knows. He's on the inside. He's not just speculating. Well, yeah, that's why I think... it's not just a few of them. It's, it's, a, it's most of them, and there's going to be more and more. And I'll tell you, too, man, when I see... Because I live in Brooklyn, right near the precinct. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I do, because, you know, I live in a family neighborhood. I walk out my house. I don't want to get robbed, right? I sure. see a cop on the corner... I say, you know, hey, sir, hey, ma'am, good day, whatever. You know, we smile at each other. I keep going. But sometimes there's some places, especially in the middle of the night, you don't know what might happen. There's no I'm, doubt I'm, about it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm more afraid of the cops than I am of criminals on the street. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there are, they are the criminals on the streets. They're the criminals <laughs> that get away with it. I mean, they, they're almost completely immune to anything. I mean, with the exception of the occasional uh, internal, inve- internal affairs of investigation that'll, you know, from time to time catch one of the few or one of the many bad guys. Uh, that, that, for the most part, they're just common criminals who have managed to acquire a badge, and they know that means it's a pass that allows them to get away with abusing people and they get away with it over and over again because the fact is they know their friends are criminals in the department and they all go to protect they all will protect one another and the good guys that might know differently are too damn scared to say anything about it i mean can you imagine if you were a cop uh g and that you were surrounded like the guy that you were talking to and you were surrounded by corruption you're surrounded by uh corruption that rises through the ranks goes all the way up to the top and you see what's going on behind the scenes you know what the truth is you wouldn't want to do anything about it, these guys are going to come and like kill your wife or firebomb your house or do something terrible to you if you were to run uh, if you were to run up against their little uh, th- their boys club. Hey, he must take five showers every day. I bet you, man. Just because he feels so dirty. Thank you, G. <laughs> yeah, I, just being I, around. Thank man. you for the call, man. I really appreciate hearing from you tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And as an example that the corruption rises through the ranks, you don't have to go any farther. And I mean, you can talk to the good cops. When you talk to the good cops, that's what they'll tell you. 
They'll tell you that, that, that if you're a bad guy, you get promoted. So you can imagine the bad guys are all the way up to the top. And in fact, in Sheriff Arpaio's regime, that's obviously the case. This is probably one of the most obviously uh, well-known, corrupt government people, sheriffs, in the entirety of America. According to Manuel Laura over at LewRockwell.com, What a petty little tyrant Arpaio has become, not happy with a television show to promote his style of domination. That's right, Sheriff Joe now has his own reality TV show. Joe, I am the state Arpaio, is now receiving protection from other branches of the government against troublemakers who dared to oppose his regime. According to the story, sheriff's deputies and county protective service officers, this is also from the East Valley, uh, East Valley Tribune, arrested two men and two women in the middle of a meeting when they stood and applauded a speaker who criticized Arpaio. Joe Nelson, Jason Odner, Monica Sanscherfer, and Christy Thielen are all charged with suspicion of disorderly conduct. That's a new one. Normally, it's just plain old disorderly conduct, but suspicion of disorderly conduct? What what does that mean? We suspect you're being disorderly. (laughs) That's a crime, apparently, in Arpaio's regime. Also, they were charged with trespassing, according to a sheriff's spokes bureaucrat. Mr. Odner, one of the four arrestees, is the member of the anti-Arpaio group Maricopa uh, Maricopa Citizens for Safety and Accountability, said the group's director. The other uh, three are members of the Association of Community Organizations for Reform Now. The trio frequently has participated with members during the uh, group's anti-Arpaio campaign. So according to this story, the, uh, the critics of Joe Arpaio are still under fire in Maricopa County. We know that he brought charges a little while ago against the newspapermen there for revealing his home address, which is public information, as if I'm recalling the story correctly. And where were these people when they stood up? Well, according to the story, it was a board of county supervisors meeting, which sounds to me like a public forum. I mean, don't the county bureaucrats make a big deal about how, well, see, we are all open here. You can come in here. It's an open-door policy. Come on in. Public yeah. here. Come on into our meeting. But when you stand up and you critique the sheriff, they have you arrested. Suspicion of disorderly conduct now. How about conspiracy to be disorderly? How about that one? Where's that one? I mean, is that coming soon? 1-800-259-9231. In all, uh, I mean, <laughs> this is just madness. But yet it continues to go on unabated. What do you do when the sheriff himself is corrupt? How do you acquire justice from a man who is inherently unjust? Is it possible? A lot of money, legal fees. Uh, it's it's a terrible process to to take on something you like can't. that. This you man's can't. entrenched. Yeah. There are entire groups that have been uh, designated to oppose this guy. People hate this man. They'll do anything they can to get him out of office, but yet he's still there. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you should shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. If you shop through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. 
Uh, it's not really the holiday shopping season anymore because, well, the stores are closed and there's no way in hell you're going to get anything delivered for Christmas at this point, obviously, being Christmas Eve. But you got gift certificates. You got some money for Christmas. Maybe grandma and grandpa cut you a check. You're looking to buy some stuff after Christmas, take care, uh, take, take advantage of some after Christmas price breaks and discounts, or, or just the fact that you got some extra cash, spend it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get that stuff you've been waiting for, you've been, uh, that you didn't get under the tree, you didn't get uh, from, the, uh, from your family members who, brought you, who bought you gifts. And, of course, if they were smart, they probably gave you money. So you could shop at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, you can shop at over 41 categories. You can purchase used items. Maybe you need to save a few bucks on your purchase. Go used. Save a few bucks, and still, you'll be helping Free Talk Live. If you enter through that link, which is Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Oh, by the way, I'm looking here at the story about Joe, uh, Joe Arpaio, Sheriff Joe down in Maricopa County. And I'm, uh, I was originally reading a post over at the Lou Rockwell blog. This story doesn't say they, uh, the protesters were charged with suspicion of disorderly co- Excuse me. Yes, it does. They were charged with suspicion of disorderly conduct and apparently also suspicion of trespassing or trespassing. And what they did was they stood and applauded a speaker at a meeting of uh, county bureaucrats, the county board of supervisors, who criticized the sheriff. They were then ordered to leave, and because they refused, they were arrested. So targeting political opponents, not uncommon in Maricopa County, and let me tell you, it's not uncommon anywhere else in this country. If you make a stink, if you make a big deal... I'd if say you it's make, probably not... Uh, it's the case everywhere in the world, almost. It's probably true. If you make yourself noticeable... As somebody who's against the current system, there is a good chance they will do something to you. And it doesn't necessarily have to involve civil disobedience, or in this case, standing and applauding at a meeting. It doesn't have to involve uh, action like that. It can be that you're using their system. Because it's when they'll tell you, on one hand, you, you could go to these county bureaucrats, you can complain, you can say, well, I don't like this law, I don't like the fact that you're putting uh, people in jail cells without, without actually hurting other people, without them hurting other people, I don't like these consensual crimes like drug possession, you need to stop doing these things. Well, you should work to change the law, we'll, you know, that's what you need to do, the system's in place, you need to vote, you need to run candidates, work to change the law. That's what they say. But then the reality is, when people actually go through that process, as you discovered, Julia, uh, when people go through the process of working within the system, they get targeted. So, now, for you, I mean, they threatened you with three to seven years in prison after you decided to be generous with your uh, paychecks, as if you were yes. to be the city councilor that you were running for, you were going to give your paychecks to uh, to voters, they threatened you over that. Seven years in prison is or state prison that's is right. what they threatened me with, and it's if as if that's reasonable at all. I don't think anyone could agree with that. Punishment doesn't fit the crime, that's for sure. Uh, but they they had no qualms with threatening you, and it could have been worse. I mean, they they were certainly doing some digging and trying to make you look bad. It was just nasty. It just yeah. get, getting involved in the process. I don't think protects you I'm in any way. I'm traumatized. I'm traumatized for life. I think. Well, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people will say that well, the political system is safe, and it probably is a little more safe as far as if you're just a voter. 
yeah, if you're going out and voting, nobody's really going to care what you're doing. It's not so safe if you want to join their club. But yeah, if you all of a sudden decide you want to actually run for office, then the hammer comes down. If you're a local business owner, look out, because you'll all of a sudden find that the various different inspectors will be showing up at your door to find problems with your business all of a sudden where they weren't there before. So there are all kinds of political ways for them to come after you. And uh, I'm not saying that people shouldn't do this. Obviously, there are people that have it in their mind to do the political thing. I just think that... Uh, Good luck. Well, yeah, you're not going to do it anymore, that's no, for sure. You have uh, to be crazy to do it. I would advise everyone not to, but that's well, just me. Well, I mean, then this, then people ask, well, what should they do? Should <laughs> I we, don't know. Well, so I think civil disobedience is helpful. I think if uh, we have a certain critical mass of people doing that, then there's nothing they can do at that point. Then they become completely ep- I impotent. I do like that idea. Uh, but that takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of courage, and uh, we're not quite there yet. But over time, maybe we will be. <clears throat> Julia, you had a story. Speaking of civil disobedience. That's right. Um, the signs, which were put up by pranksters in and around Nottingham, this is out of England, obviously, uh, are designed to look official. They feature a toilet sign and the words and words that include public urination permitted after 7.30 p.m., <laughs> Nottingham City Council is now urging the public to ignore the notices as it sets about removing them. The prank <laughs> also featured a laminated notice headed with the logo of not- the Nottingham City Council, which said that the scheme was aimed at reducing the mess faced by residents outside their homes. A spokesperson for the authority said, It's an offense to urinate in public, and these signs have been put up illegally for whatever reason. Hmm. We would urge people to ignore ignore them otherwise they could find themselves inadvertently facing a prosecution now to me prosecution for peeing on the side of a building seems a little unnecessary and it seems like it would be the business's responsibility to keep people like nasty people out off of their property. I mean, where I work, if there's a bomb or something hanging out up front, we'll go up front and ask him to leave. Well, I would hope that they only posted the signs on government buildings. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I. If I was behind that, I certainly would uh, would do that. I think that I think it's a fun idea. I love the idea. Uh, and what really upsets the bureaucrats is the um, uh, the impersonation right. of authority. Exactly. Um, that's what I think is so funny. I don't think that peeing in the streets is no, good. I, I think it's kind of nasty, exactly, and I certainly would not encourage that. But I think it's funny that they put these signs up and made them look official. The notice also reads, In an attempt to reduce, reduce late-night public nuisance during the holiday period, the Nottingham City Council has designated several public urination areas across the city the urination area will be cleaned daily between the hours of 5 and 6 a.m <laughs> and that's just uh, made up but yeah. i think it's a hilarious prank and it just points out the absurdity of these laws a and i don't know i find making fun of the, their logos and their official signs and stuff to be very amusing well they don't like it because if somebody believes that that's true if they believe that that's a real legitimate government sign it, it sort of undermines their uh, their veil of legitimacy to some extent, and they don't want people out there copying uh, what they're. Do- they don't want them copying their logo. They they will get very upset about that. They they get they. I think one of the the greatest weapons that we in the liberty movement have against the state is laughter, uh, is laughter and and making fun of the government bureaucrats because it's easy to take them seriously because they are violent and they are dangerous and that is a very serious thing. But at the same time, if you can laugh at them, if you can look at what they're doing and point out its absurdity and uh, get other people to realize that and make a make an just basically make an ass of the government that. 
really grinds at them because they want nothing more than to be taken seriously. They want people to respect them. They want people to believe in them. And and in order for people to believe that the government has whatever the hell authority actually is, uh, I think it's just men with guns, but people believe it's something more than that. They they want people to believe in their system so badly. Anything that threatens that is in a is a major threat to them. They they will see that and then target that and go after it with a vengeance because uh, people laughing at them is really bad news. I mean, can you imagine? Judge Burke here in Keene said that my actions in the courtroom of uh, being disrespectful threatened the, the administration of justice because other people might see me doing it. That's what he said in the order on the contempt of court charges. So it's one of the reasons why he's mandating that everybody sit down and stand up when they say, when they say sit down and stand up because people seeing that kind of disobedience really starts to put questions in people's heads. When the, act, when the regular people are sitting in that courtroom and they see people refusing to stand for the judge, it makes them wonder, what is going on? Something is really strange here. And they'll ask questions. Downstairs, when we were downstairs later, people will come downstairs and say, what were you guys doing up there? And that gives us the opportunity to tell them. Can you imagine if people started laughing at him in his courtroom or laughed at the uh, the government bureaucrats or laughed at the other uh, city councilors? His head would explode. They couldn't handle it. You're absolutely right. So, uh, so more power to the pranksters in this case. You're right, yeah. Julia. It's kind of a nasty prank, but it's great. It's I love hilarious. It. I hope they only put it on government buildings, so like people are right. peeing outside the city council chambers or whatever. Another one that I like is, and it seems kind of childish on its face, was the chalking of the courthouse here in Keene. There were about a dozen activists who at one time uh, went and chalked a bunch of phrases and f- silly things on the side of the courthouse, and. We had somebody drove. Uh, somebody came by at eight in the morning the next day. It was a Sunday that they chalked all the stuff on there, so nobody was around. Man, they'd washed that stuff off as soon as they got there that morning. You know that really ticked them off too. Yes. Having to actually go out and do some work, you know, turn on a hose and spray it. Uh, so if you could do chalkings on government buildings where they don't have easy access to a hose, oh, that would really grind at them. We'll see you tomorrow for the live Christmas edition of the show online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.